This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And let's get it going. Look, I'm just trying to be all right with it, yeah. I'm just trying to be all right with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. I'm just trying to spend the night with it. Yeah. I just want to be alright with it. Yeah. Blowout win. Not what any of us expected at all. Um, especially with Kyle Lowry being healthy and all this. But Matt, I, I was uh, Matt and I were watching the game together. He's in a separate room right now. But I know Matt was enjoying Kyle Lowry's frustrations throughout the course of the game. But I, you, you, so you didn't feel that any of him, any of his complaints were justified today? No. Oh, okay. He complained the whole game. Yes. Okay. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you very much I'm, for clearing I'm, that up. He get he gets too many he gets too many lame calls. But uh, I I mean I, like like you and I talked about while we were watching the game, it was almost like, was it the Celtics playing well at some points? Yes, but Toronto just played awful. They didn't shoot the ball well at all, and I'll, I'll go over some of their stats in a little bit, but that was, that was a big concern for me coming out of this tie. Not like, look, the Celtics won the game. They shot really well in the first quarter. Uh, when things got close in the second, they, they still won that quarter as much as it wasn't the prettiest. But did you feel like the Raptors um, had more of a um, – a say in what happened in this game because of how poorly they played. Yeah, Pascal Siakam really sucked to start the first quarter. He got what three fouls in the first quarter and had to sit, and really kind of took away his aggressiveness. And he never really got into the rhythm of the game. So when your best player can't really get into the game, you're not going to play well. Especially when Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry shoot like that. Like they're lucky they didn't lose by thirty or forty because the Celtics, I felt like, could have played better. Like they mm-hmm. they kind of play a little bit. Of, ISO ball in the first half a little bit, but um, yeah, I give if you had like hand out grades, maybe the Celtics get like a B B plus and the Raptors like a D plus. Like I feel like yeah. both teams obviously could have shot better, especially the Raptors. They missed like what thirty threes. They missed a ton of threes. They and missed the Celtics, exactly thirty. And the Celtics missed a bunch of threes besides the corner. The corner they were nailing all day. It felt like that was money, yep. but besides the corner, they were probably shooting like thirty or below. Now, I don't. I, I didn't check the th- quarters three through four. I mean, sorry, sorry, two through four. But I know the first quarter, the Celtics shot something around sixty-six point seven percent. They were lights out. By the end of it all, they finished um, seventeen for thirty-nine from deep, forty-three point six percent. And then the Raptors shot exactly twenty-five percent from deep. It was brutal. I mean, uh, Fred Van Vliet, Matt. You know, we were talking about him before the series and how he was going to have an impact and. Um, actually you brought up to me when we were watching the game, how, you know, the money that some think he's going to command in the off season, but he didn't do all that great either. I mean, he had just to look over his numbers really quickly. Van Vliet finished with, 
uh, 11 points, two for 11 from three, and three for 16 from the floor. Yeah, I, I thought, I like I said, coming in, I thought the X factors were Van Fleet and Powell. And I don't mean, other than Powell hitting maybe a couple shots, I, they both were very quiet. And, uh, you know, they didn't really have an impact off the bench scoring uh, Toronto didn't. Um, I couldn't even tell you who I thought their best player playing today was. Maybe like Abaka or um, OG Ty's maybe. Guy. Yeah, I was gonna say Ty's guy had a decent game, but yeah, uh, it's not like he did anything like crazy. Oh, they all I, sucked. I thought like like to what Nick was talking about before. I thought the Celtics played really well in the first quarter. Um, played poorly in the se- both teams played horrible in the second. Quarter. It was like twenty to nineteen was the quarter. Then yep. the third quarter, the Celtics came out you know, played pretty good to start. But, like, at the end of the quarter, I mean, Toronto was only, could have only been down 12. Uh, and it could have been, like, a game. But, again, then the Celtics kind of put them away early four. So, that was it was a weird game. I thought the Celtics played well in stretches. But, um, overall, I just thought Toronto was horrible. And I don't think that's – again, that was one game. I think game two will be totally different. So, uh, I thought what was interesting was Toronto played zone a lot. And I don't know how effective it was. I don't, I don't understand. Maybe – I, I told Nick I thought it could be a bad sign to think that in already game one they got to start zoning up because they can't guard any of the Celtics, you know, wing players. Because mm-hmm. um, it's just weird to see a team play zone. Yeah, and then you point out to the uh, boxing out too, that's going to create problems. It's going to create offensive rebounds for the Celtics. Um, and there are some victory laps that I, I know I'm going to take one in a little bit, and Matt has one that he wants to take. But, Ty, I'm curious with, with Tatum. I know Matt has some takes on it too or some opinions on it, but Tatum took some ugly shots throughout this game, complaining a lot throughout the course of the game too. Obviously, they end up with a win where he's not at his best. Um, he actually still shot 9 of 18 from the field and 2 for three, two for 5 from 3, but um, 9 rebounds, 21 points. I mean, all around, that's you're going to take that line, but it didn't feel like Tatum – it felt like his lows were really bad throughout the course of this game. Did you get that sense too? Yeah, and I think in the first like quarter and a half of the game, it was more like Celtics team basketball. Like Marcus Smart was shooting threes and hitting them, and Jalen Brown was scoring in transition, and the team was scoring, but Tatum never really got into it until like really the halfway through the game, like middle second quarter, third quarter is when he started to fill it up. And um, yeah, it, it just was a weird game for him and Siakam, the two best players in the game, kind of never really got into it. So I'm interested to see how Toronto responds in game two because they missed so many threes you feel like if they just get four or five of them and don't shoot you know 25 percent from three that this is a ball game that they're only down a couple possessions in and who knows what happens then yeah and matt ty brought up uh, marcus smart and his three-point shooting i will allow you to take your victory lap he ended up making five of his nine three-pointers six of ten from the floor tied for team high 21 points I'm not going to take a, a really big one only because, again, if I was on the other side of this, I would probably say it's only one game. But honestly, again, if he can, if he can only, if he could make, you know, if he takes five, six threes in the game, if he can hit two, like I'm fine with that because you see what he does on the defensive end. He just, he's a pest. He was guarding Siakam. I hate to tell the Raptors, if that's their game plan to get Siakam in the post against Marcus Smart, that's not how you get Siakam going. I don't think he's a skilled enough player in the post. That's how he picked up those offensive fouls quick. He doesn't really – he was just trying to, like, bully guys, and he's not a bully. Um, right. I think to them, for them to be more successful or Siakam to get more in a flow, uh, when I've seen him at his best, it's in transition. Obviously, he's long. He's tough to stop. Or just, like, in the half court, they just got to – they got to speed up. They, I felt like Toronto did a lot of um, posting up and, like, one-on-one stuff. Like, they, 
Mm-hmm. Like the, the ball movement for them has to get better for guys like Siakam and, and, and Powell and, and Van Fleet to get more, at, you know, in, into a flow of an offense. I thought they, they were very stagnant offense. Yeah, and some things we saw, one thing at least we saw with the Celtics too um, on the offensive end, speaking of all that, was Robert Williams getting involved in a big-time playoff game. And this is where I'm going to just take a quick victory lap. Ten points out of him. He had, was it two block shots? Two block shots. He got robbed on that other one. Was that Ananobi that he Yeah, he, he head? swatted. Yes. He swatted him back to Indiana. Yes, he, he grazed his head ever so slightly. Yeah. I, I don't appreciate that foul call, but he looked outstanding throughout this game. It's exactly what you want to be. He had five rebounds, too. I feel like he kind of slowed down in that regard later on. But, Ty, we didn't see Ennis Cantor at all today. Obviously, you're not going to go and give Cantor the garbage minutes when it's at hand because that's kind of an insult to a guy who's been in the league that long. But I was very satisfied with Robert Williams. I got to think, based on what we saw today, what we've seen him do against bigs like this, that we're going to see a lot more of him in this series than Cantor, like I thought uh, coming into this. Yeah. I mean, we talked last series against the Sixers. That was a matchup that helped him a lot because we talked about Joel Embiid not really being a guy who played in the pick and roll too much. Whereas Marcus Gasol, that's all he's doing is pick and rolls and dribble handoffs. And I don't really want Ennis Cantor defending anyone on the perimeter. So I don't have a problem with him not playing a whole lot. I mean, they, they both the guys, what it was 20 and 22, 20 points and 22 rebounds between Tice and the Time Lord tonight, like they combined, put up a really good night. Like, I mm-hmm. can't complain about what you saw at all. So, if you're clamoring to see Ennis Canner, I don't know why. I mean, yeah, four blocks that, between the two tonight. Well, yeah. actually, Matt, you had there was one situation where you'd like to see you think Cantor could fit in still in all this. Well, I mean, Toronto at one point went big and they and they went um, Gasol and Ibaka. So, in that case, I or or even if it's just Gasol in there, you could you could buy some time with with um canner in there but like ty said that when it's just one big they do they almost play like five out and setting a lot of screens and stuff and i i wouldn't want canner out there that's just not a strength but they're playing two bigs because i think we went with like tice and grant williams so yes i don't know maybe just i i i honestly couldn't predict brad in this series what he's going to do in the sense of like is he just not going to play in the series i don't know i think it's just kind of you know if, if someone's not playing well if Robert Williams comes out next game and, he, and he's throwing a dud, like we've seen that, he'll just he'll throw Canner out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll throw Canner out there. Yeah. Now, Kemba Walker was obviously a big scare, too, in the course of the game, and it seemed like he ended up being fine. He played and seemed to do well throughout the course, while well, didn't have to come out of the game. Um, I saw Washburn at one point tweet out that it was his ankle, but it was clearly like his leg got a little overextended or whatever, took a weird fall. But are you, Ty, are you concerned at all about where he is going forward? Uh, I can't really make too much of him continuing to play because I'm concerned about how he's going to respond to it tomorrow mm-hmm. and see like after a night of sleep and like, you know, the adrenaline wears off where he's at. So we'll see if he's even like a game time decision for next game. That's concerning because that's the same leg that's been bothering. Correct. Yes, it is. Yeah, definitely a big concern. Matt, where you stand on Kemba right now? I, w- I would say the same thing with Ty, right? You don't, you can play through those injuries, adrenaline, all that stuff, but it really is how he responds. But they need him. I mean, if they don't have him, mm-hmm. yikes. I mean, yeah. he definitely – he's definitely – when he's in the game and, you know, the other team's going on a run, like I just feel like he makes big shots or big plays yes. to kind of, you know, you know, steer the boat in the right direction. So without him or him even hindered, that wouldn't be good. He allows Tatum to sometimes work through those troubles that we saw throughout all of it. Because it, honestly, to look at the end of the night and see Tatum nine for 18, two for five from deep, 
I thought he played far worse than that because there were just some misses that he took, some some attempts that were like, well, there was that one in particular that um, he was going to the, the left side of the screen and he's just, and it was just ugly layup attempt and he missed the bunny too. He missed the bunny, Tice missed two bunnies. That shit can't happen. But uh, so speaking of bad shit, going forward, is there anything you guys think that they need to, um, Ty, you can start us. Is there anything that you think they need to fix going into um, game two for the Celtics? Well, I mean, the, the the Raptors live and die by the three, as you saw tonight. They got 40 of them. But, I mean, a, a lot of them were open that they were missing. Like, they were shooting a lot of open shots that they're missing. So, I mean, there wasn't really a whole lot to fix from this game. I'd like to have less open looks, of course, but you're not going to shut them all down. So, I would mm-hmm. just say less wide-open three-point shots because those are going to be shots that the Raptors are going to make in game two and the rest of the series. They're not going to shoot 20% going forward. So, there's not really a whole lot to improve on. That's one thing, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there was – it's just their shooting the entire night was not good. I mean, even from the inside, I'll pull that up in a second. Um, it felt like – I mean, they shot 36.9 from the field in general. So they just – they couldn't seem to get any flow. And you're right, there were quality looks both in and out. Matt, what about you? Was it the same thing? Um, I would say turnovers. I thought, I thought they were kind of sloppy with the turnovers that, or, you know, the missed bunnies, some missed opportunities. I think they just got to play cleaner basketball. But Wow. Um, Okay, you know, I know you don't know the turnover numbers off the top of your head. Celtics, Raptors, Raptors had seventeen, sorry, fourteen turnovers. The Celtics had twenty-three turnovers. Wow. There you go. I, yep. I mean, I'd say like four or five of them was in garbage time, but yeah, I, I off the top of my head, you know, I, I thought that that was the worst part of their game tonight. Mm-hmm. I thought they were very sloppy. Like, uh, remember, remember they were showing after a commercial like Doris Burke there, and they were, they were kind of describing. Oh. What what did Toronto do to change the defense and get – no, it was all like – it was all awful turnovers. It wasn't like they – because they played that zone that – no, it was – it was, I thought Bassport kept – Oh, Tice caught one off the chest. Was, uh, put your hands up. But anyway, uh, I thought I thought that was their biggest uh, flaw in today's game, and that's what kind of kept Toronto in the game. If, if they played better basketball, like Ty said, it could have been 30, 40 points. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think the, I think the biggest – could be cleaner. The biggest adjustment um, in this from last series to game one was their first quarter efficiency. I mean, and that's just them. And they just attacked the entire time. They weren't, they weren't, Tatum was settling a little bit more so early on, but I felt like everybody else wasn't as much. And obviously, and the other thing is too, when Marcus Smart is actually making shots, that makes a huge freaking difference. Like as much as I want to take the, the, the victory lap about time Lord and he's contributing in a serious capacity, with, if Marcus Smart is shooting like that in the series, I mean, that makes the Gordon Hayward absence far but less every, significant. But everybody contributed, though. Like, like Semi Ojale, you know, like other guys were hitting threes, too. So that's how you're going to make up for Gordon Hayward not being there. It's not just, I don't think. I, I want think to make Philly, Yep, two for exactly. four. I, he, he played well. He's been playing well. I think that that's how you, it's by committee. It's not anybody that looks at this and say, oh, well, Smart's going to take as many shots as Gordon Hayward or be as effective effective on the offense. No, that's not him. It's by committee. It's by the rest of the team. It's other guys stepping up. It's not just one guy. Because what Marcus Smart does best, and you see it all the time, is just make great plays on the defensive end. Uh, when he picked Fred Van Fleet, you know, that was a, that was a huge momentum shifter right there. Uh, I think Toronto's on a little run. He makes a great play. Time Lord gets a dunk. Like, that's what you need Smart to do. But obviously, yes, we need him to hit some open threes. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, it makes a huge guys. difference. Yeah, made a huge difference. Just him alone made a huge difference. That's what? That's 15 points right there um, on efficient shooting. But anyways, Celtics play Raptors in game two on 
Tuesday. Time has not been disclosed yet at the time of our recording. Ty, do you have anything before we get going? I think it's a 5 o'clock game unless um, the Clippers and Mavericks series go 7. They go 7, then I think it's a 3 o'clock game. If not, I believe it's 5. Okay. Matt, do you have anything else before we get going? Buckle up. I think it's going to be a good series. I think game two is going to be a totally different game. Actually, do you, Ty, do you because you have the Raptors right now? Five thirty. Sorry, five thirty. There we go. Do do either of you guys want to adjust your predictions? We like the, the pre the pre series predictions are the most important ones. But do you guys look at your predictions any differently now after Game One? Nope. I think it's going to be a seven game series. If the, if what we saw today happens again in Game Two, I would I would change my prediction. But as of now, I'd still stick with Toronto in seven. I think I think yeah, you're right. Game two is going to be huge for the, the length of this series. Uh, we will talk to you all again on Tuesday. What it do, baby? Yeah, you already know. I'm just trying to be alright with it. Yeah, I'm just trying to be alright with it. Yeah, I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to spend the night with it. Yeah. I just want to be alright with it. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. Hey, I got no resolutions. I'm just hoping for some- This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.